Hello, this is Minister Glenn Burrell from Seed of Faith Clinic Podcast, where the Word of God is able to save your soul. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a word of edification from the Word of God. Amen. And as I said, you know, we'll be talking about the five components of faith. But before we can get into those components, I want us to take time this morning and examine our hearts. And what I mean by examine our hearts, let's let's see what level in our hearts that faith is functioning. Because we know that our faith should be maturing as we grow in the Word of God. And we know that faith operates on different levels and it is based on the maturity of our faith. So when I say examine ourselves or examine our heart to see what level our faith is, I want us to examine our heart and see if there's any unbelief or doubt operating in our hearts. Because the unbelief and doubt is an enemy to our faith. And when I say unbelief, that I'm not saying that as a believer, that your unbelief is, is, is saying that you are not a believer in the kingdom of God. It's just that, how can I say this? When I talk about unbelief and doubt, it can function as an enemy to your faith. For instance, if you believe in God for something and you've seen God work in your life in the past, but then when something else arises or when another test comes, then we begin to look at the negative side and we begin to look at how how am I going to do this? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, God, why, why, why is this happening to me? But see, when we question God like that, that's showing our level of faith and it's showing that there's still unbelief and doubt in our heart when it comes to the word of God. Because our faith should be in full confidence in God's word. Our faith should have no doubt that what God has said he would do, that he would do it. Amen. Amen. So we thank, we thank God this morning uh, for his written word because his written word is our life source. So Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus as we endeavor to go into your word, to learn of your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he is the teacher, and that he will speak to our hearts this morning. And we'll forever give you the glory, and we'll forever give you the praise in the name of Jesus, because you are worthy to be praised. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you will help us to examine ourselves this morning, to help us so that we can, can cast out that doubt and cast out that unbelief so that we can move forward in your word because when we, we, we operate in doubt and unbelief, that causes us to be stagnant. That causes us to be held in, in one place and we can't move forward because we're so busy looking back. So I thank you this morning for revealing and giving us revelation in the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when, when I talk about unbelief and, and doubt, it reminds me of the children of Israel. When God had uh, redeemed them out of the hands of Pharaoh. But we know that when God delivered the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt, he not, he not only sent them out, but he sent them out as a prosperous people. They had no lack. He sent them out with plenty of money. He sent them out where their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. 
They had everything that they needed. But yet, in their journey to the, to the land of Canaan, the Canaan land, after they've seen what God had done, how God had brought them out with silver and gold, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh could go after the children of Israel, after he had released them, after God had put on his heart to let those people go, and then come back again, God put on his on hardened Pharaoh's heart to go after those people. But we know the story of the Red Sea when they got to the Red Sea, and they saw they saw the the enemy coming, they saw the armies coming at them, and they saw how God had delivered them. And God had protected them. But yet, when they saw the armies coming, they got afraid. And they began to doubt. They began to get in unbelief. And they began to question Moses on why, why you brought us out here. You know, and, and I'm going to read from Exodus. Uh, the 14th chapter in the 10th verse. And it says, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, and saw the Egyptians marching after them. And they were very frightened. So the Israelites cried out to the Lord. How many times have we cried out to the Lord when we've, we've, we've been in fear and, and the enemy trying to make us think that we're not going to make it? But they cried out to the Lord and then said to Moses, is it because there were no graves? Wow. In Egypt? That you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? I mean. What what kind of statement is that? They said in Moses, you mean tell me that there was not enough grave to bury us in Egypt? See, they looking back. They looking back. See, and that's what doubt and unbelief will cause you to do. It'll cause you to look back and wish you was back to where God has delivered you from. Because it seemed like you've gotten out here and now things ain't working. Because we have to understand when we're walking by faith, the enemy is going to bring tests. He's going to bring trials to try to throw us off track. But we have to stand fast on the word of God. So, so, so they saying, it was enough graves in Egypt for us to die and be buried than for you to bring us out here in this wilderness to die in the wilderness. And they went on to say, what, what is this that you have done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Wow. By bringing us out of Egypt. They complaining. See, that's what doubt and un unbelief would do. Doubt and unbelief will put you in fear. Doubt and unbelief will cause you to complain. Doubt and unbelief will cause you to murmur. But see, when you're walking by faith, you can't murmur. You can't complain. You can't be crying out to God, God, why, why am I in this situation? Why did you allow this to happen? But see, we have to understand God is not the one that's testing. It's the enemy that's going to test your faith. He's going to bring things up to you to try to try to take you off the road of faith so that you won't accomplish what you desire in your heart or accomplish what God is trying to take you. You know, and God was trying to take them to the land of promise. He was trying to take them 
out of bondage, which he did redeem them out of bondage, over into a land where there was more than enough. But not only uh, uh, was God trying to take them there, God had let them know that I've already given you this land. All you have to do is take this journey and possess it. But along this journey, there's going to be some, some traps set up. There's going to be some temptations set up. There's going to be some things that's going to happen that's going to try to take you off of your journey and make you think that you made a mistake by leaving what you left behind. So, so, so they complained. They complained to God, and they accused Moses of taking them out of Egypt to tell him, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? See, that's the way unbelief talk. That's the way doubt talk. That's the way when you're in fear, you begin to say stuff that hinders your faith. But we got to guard our heart from the enemy because he'll bring thoughts to you. He'll bring thoughts that will cause fear to come up. He'll bring thoughts that will cause unbelief. Because they, they couldn't see themselves in the land of promise. The only place they could see themselves at this moment was back in Egypt. So how, how do you see yourself today? How do we see ourselves today? Where do we see ourselves? Amen. So we, we, we got to come out of that, 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 that realm of doubt and unbelief so that our faith can function at full capacity. Well, does that mean that we won't have any challenges? Does that mean that we won't have any trials along the way? No, we're going to have challenges. We're going to be persecuted. But when, when, when those challenges come, the question I would ask is what is your house built on? What kind of foundation is your faith sitting on? Because we have to understand that God has given every one of us of the measure of the same measure of faith. But he's given us that measure of faith, but he has put the responsibility over in our hands to develop that faith. And if we don't develop that faith, then we'll live below the means in which God wants us to live. Because we're not activating our confidence in his word. So, so that, that, that stood out to me. And I'm going to read that again in verse 10 in Exodus, the 14th chapter. It said, as Pharaoh approached, as Pharaoh approached, they saw him coming. They saw the army coming. And the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians marching after them. And they were very frightened. So, so, so there are times that fear going to try to grip you in the midst of your situation. But what do we have to do? We have to stand firm on the word of God. See, because God's word will never fail. And God will never fail us. But we, we have to overcome that fear. And Jesus always said, fear not, fear not. And then they started, they cried out to God, God, why, why, why you brought us out here? What am I doing here? How am I going to make it? Why you did this? And we always accusing God and God is not the one that's doing it. It's the enemy that's bringing fear. It's the enemy that's causing us to complain. It's the enemy that's causing us to murmur. Because 
You know why? Because we can't see ourselves in the place where our heart is trying to take us. They couldn't see themselves. The only thing they saw was those soldiers, that army, or Pharaoh. The only thing they saw was themselves being killed in the wilderness. So when you when you are challenged and your faith is challenged, where do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself being victorious? Do you see yourself being an overcomer? Or do you see yourself like these children of Israel being defeated in the wilderness? But see, but see, even though they was complaining and murmuring, God's mercy was still upon them. His mercy was still upon them. So, so the reason I'm going through this is because I want us to see why our faith is not working sometimes. Because we need to examine our hearts and see if we're in unbelief. Examine our heart and see if doubt is overtaking our faith because of the circumstances or because of the situations. Because this, this, this stood out to me, how, how they cried out to God. And then they, they accused Moses of bringing them out of Egypt. They're going to say to him, is it because there are uh, no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What is this that you have done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Wow. Did we not say to you in Egypt, verse 12, leave us alone. How, how many times have, have people said when, when the pastor is trying to teach them how to walk by faith and the pastor is trying to teach them how to stand on the word of God. And then we'll say, I don't want to hear what he got to say. Or we'll be complaining about, oh, he don't know what he's talking about. God don't want us to be this. God don't want us to do this. Why don't he just leave us alone when he's trying to tell us how to get healed or how to keep our healing? Or when he's trying to tell us how to prosper? And that, that's, that's one of the main things that that. I find believers is in doubt and unbelief is when there's a pastor or a teacher or an apostle or an evangelist is trying to teach them how to prosper in the kingdom of God. And, and you know why, why, we, why we reject the prosperity message? It's because we can't see ourselves at that level of prosperity. You know, no, 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 no disrespect to anybody that lives in the project. But a lot of people that's living in the project can't see themselves beyond the project. And because they can't see themselves beyond the project, they never believe that they can get out of the project. So they just settle. They just settle. Just like the children of Israel. They say, why, why didn't you leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? Good God Almighty. Did y'all hear that? Verse 12. Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. Is that not, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Why would you want to stay with somebody that's got you in bondage and making you their slave? Why, that, 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 that doesn't make sense. And they tell it, Moses, 
Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. They'll rather stay in slavery. They'll rather stay in bondage than to stand on the word of God and believe that God is taking them to the promised land. He went on to say, they, they went on to say, for it would have been better, Jesus. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians as slaves than to die in the wilderness. But they didn't understand that God wasn't going to let them die in the wilderness. What caused them to die in the wilderness was their unbelief and their doubt. Is what caused them. It, they, they was on a short journey that would have took, for my understanding, on 11 days. They went in circles in the wilderness for 40 years. Because of their complaining, because of their murmuring, and because of their unbelief and doubt. So that, 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 that they wasn't built on the foundation of God's word. They, they didn't trust God's word to the fact that even though I'm going through this, God has already given me a way out. You got to see yourself out even though you're not out. Does that make sense? See, it's how we see ourselves. It's how we see ourselves. And Jesus has said, thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory. Always gives us the victory. See, we, we're, we're not victims anymore. We're vict victors. See, we're, we're not defeated. We're overcomers. So even though we go through our trials, even though we go through our tribulations, we have to stand on the word of God to know that he's going to bring us out. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will feel no evil because we know that God is with us. He said he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And then, and then Moses, because of the people complaining, he went crying to God. He went crying to God. And God is telling him, Moses, didn't I tell you that I'm taking y'all to the promised land? But Moses did say to the people in verse 13, do not be afraid. Take your stand. Take your stand. Take your stand. That's what we have to do when we're walking by faith is take our stand. Well, we're standing on. We're standing on the word of God. So I would say if I go down, I'm going down standing on the word of God. But I know if I stand on the word of God, I'm not going to go down. Because I'm on a firm foundation. I say I'm on a firm foundation. And that's where our faith needs to be built on the word of God so it can be built on a firm foundation. Are y'all still with me? Amen. In verse, we still in Exodus, the 14th chapter. And in Exodus, in, in the uh, 13th verse, it said, Then Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Take your stand. Be firm and confident and undismayed. And see, see, see what he's saying? He said, and see, and see, and see, and see. You got to see yourself delivered. You got to see yourself free. You got to see yourself healed. You got to see yourself prosperous. You got to see yourself 
above the enemy. You got to see yourself victorious over the enemy. You got to see yourself in the place where God said he's putting you. Or where God said he's taking you. You got to see yourself there. So, so, so that verse, it said, then Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Take your stand, be firm, and be and confident and undismayed, and see the salvation, and see the salvation, and see the salvation. See, I want us to understand that salvation is not just being saved going to heaven. Salvation is all-inclusive. Salvation includes every part of our being. When Jesus died on that cross, he died for the spirit, the soul, and the body. He delivered every, every part of man. And Moses told him, uh, be firm, be confident, be undismayed. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Today. For, the, for those Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see again. Wow. He said the Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. Jesus, keep silent and remain calm. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop questioning God about why am I doing, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? Why are my children doing this? Why is my husband doing this? See, instead of complaining about your spouse, you need to be praying and standing in faith on the word of God that will change your spouse. But because, but because we're not standing on the word in those areas concerning our spouse, all we're doing is complaining to God. God, why is he treating me like this? God, why is he not doing this? God, why is he not like this other husband? God, why is he not doing this? Why and why and why and why? And God is saying, what are you doing? What are you doing besides complaining? What are you doing besides doubting that I'm still with you? Because he said the Lord will fight our battles. I think Pastor, uh, Pastor Elliot talked about that the last time. That God fight our battles. So the, the, the Lord will fight for you. While you only need to keep silent. And remain calm. Keep silent and remain calm. You know, I, I'm going to make a statement. You know, a lot of time, why we're, how can I put this? Why we're praying all the time, we need to be saying. Or why we're praying. Instead of praying, we need to be silent and remain calm. Because what I'm saying, I'm not saying not to pray. But I want us to understand that we don't have to keep praying the same prayer over and over until we think we're going to get our answer. That's not faith. Faith prays one time. Once you make your request known to God, then God heard you. He heard you. But because he's not moving in your time, or because you can't see nothing happening, you get over into the realm of doubt and unbelief and think God is not working on your behalf. But when you can't see it, when you can't see it working, when you can't see it happening, God is working behind the scenes. A matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say God has already done it, but he's waiting to see your faith. I say he's waiting to see your faith because it's your faith that's going to bring your desires to pass. 
It's your faith that's going to put you over into the promised land. It's your faith that's going to prosper you. Because if you think about it in the Gospels, everybody that Jesus ministered to on a personal basis, he always told them, be it unto you according to your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. See, that's what God is looking for. See, because God, I want us to understand that when Jesus died on that cross and God raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost and seated him at his right hand and Jesus said on that cross, it is finished. It is finished. So what that said to us is God saying, I've done everything I need to do. I've done my part. Now I'm putting the ball over into your coat, your court. So you're going to have to make a decision what direction you're going to bounce that ball. You're going to have to make a decision where you're going to apply your faith. Because I've given you a measure of faith. But now it's up to you to decide where you want to take that faith and apply it. So are you going to apply that faith in a man? Are you going to apply that faith in your job? Are you going to apply that faith uh, anywhere other than in God and his word? Then if that's the case, we can't expect God to do anything on our behalf. Because we don't have the confidence to believe that his word is even true. We don't have the confidence to believe that God is working on our behalf. So God is saying, I've done all I can do. My hands are tied. I need to see your faith. I need to see that you have confidence in my word. I need to see that you believe that I am the God that I say I am. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. Amen. And then, and then, then in the 15th verse, I don't know, I, I'm trying to get out of this, this exodus, but it seems like I'm staying here right now. But, but in the 15th verse, the Lord said to Moses, Moses, even, the people even had Moses crying to God. Had Moses getting over into the realm of unbelief and doubt. And then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Why, why are you crying to me? How many times have we prayed for something and it seemed like it ain't working and then we go to crying to God and shedding tears and crying, God, why ain't this working? Why, why it ain't working for me? Why is it not working for me? Well, God has said, I've given you my word. My word is my bond. My word is my character. I, I, I'm a God that can't lie. So, so, so I've given you my word. So that's all I can do is give you my word so that you can believe it and act on it. So Moses, Moses uh, crying out to God. And God said, don't come crying to me. I, I, I told you what I was going to do. I told you I was taking y'all to the promised land. But I, I didn't promise you that you won't have trials and tribulations along the way. But I did promise you that I would see you through. I did promise you that I would fight your battles. I did promise you that you would overcome every obstacle. But they murmured and they complained. And their faith is shutting down. But see, but see, they 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 was okay when they saw God doing things good. But then when they got in a in a in a pickle in a spot, then they went to murmuring and complaining again. Do we see that today? Do we do we see that happening today? Hallelujah. 
And, and God said, God said to Moses, why do you cry to me? In verse 15, he said, tell the sons of Israel to move forward. Jesus, move forward. To move forward. How many times is God telling us to move forward? And we still holding on to what's behind us. You can't hold on to what's behind you and move forward at the same time because you're going to be in one spot. You're going to stay in that same situation that you're in because you're not moving forward and you're not moving backwards. Because you got a rope tied to you that's trying to pull you back into Egypt and you got a rope that's tied to you trying to pull you forward. You got the Holy Ghost trying to pull you forward, and then you got the devil trying to pull you back. And then we go to murmuring and complaining. I should have stayed in Egypt. You brought a God, God, you done, God, you done brought us out here, and you done left us, and we out here in this wilderness. What we gonna do? How we gonna get out of here? But see, when we got to realize when God tell us that he's given us something or he's taking us somewhere, we got to know that God has already finished it before he said it. He's already done it before he even said it. But we just got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. But God said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the sons of Israel to move forward toward the sea. To move forward toward the sea. See, they're approaching the Red Sea. They got the sea in front of them. And they got the army in the back of them. So what you got to make a decision here. Are you going to move forward as God is commanding you to? Or are you just going to stand here and let the, the armies come and overtake you? We got to make a decision. We got to make a decision. We're going to walk in faith or we're going to walk in doubt and unbelief. And realize that God has already done it. God had already given them the land of Canaan. All they had to do is go and possess it. Just take hold of it. Just take hold of it. Hallelujah. See, he says, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For those Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see again. Jesus, the Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. Can you remain calm? Can you remain calm in the midst of your trial while you walking by faith when God has already promised it to you? See, sometimes we just need to shut up. Sometimes we just need to shut up and meditate on the word. And remain calm. Rest, rest in the word of God. See, remaining calm means you at, you at, you, you're resting. You're not anxious. You're not full of anxiety. He said, be anxious for nothing. Amen. And, and God gave Moses instructions. He said, he said in verse 16, as for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. So the sons of Israel may go through the middle of the sea on dry land. He said, and as for me, hear this. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will go in. In the sea. After them. Jesus. 
and I will be glorified and honored through Pharaoh and all his army and his war chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know without a doubt and acknowledge that I am the Lord. When I am glorified and honored through Pharaoh, through his army, chariots, his war chariots, and his charioteers. <laughs> he called them charioteers. Y'all getting anything out of this? So let's look at verse 19. I'm trying to get out of Exodus, but it just keeps getting good and good. In that verse 19, it said, The angel of God, who had been going in front of the camp of Israel. See, God had placed angels in front of them. The angel of God, who had been going in front of the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. Ooh-wee. The pillar of the cloud moved from in front and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud along with darkness, even by day, to the Egyptians. God had them in darkness. They couldn't even see their way. See, because the cloud moved from in front of the Israelites in back of them but it gave but it gave light by night to the israelites so one army did not come near to the other all night god had blinded them with the darkness with the cloud of darkness and they couldn't even see the israelites they couldn't even see him in the daytime. In verse 21, and then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all that night and turned the seabed into dry land, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went into the middle of the sea on dry land and the waters formed a wall to them on, on their right hand and on their left. And then the Egyptians pursued them in the middle of the sea. Even all Pharaoh's horses, his war chariots and his charioteers. Verse 24. So it happened at the early morning watch before dawn, that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and put them in a state of confusion. Jesus. They was confused. They were so confused. They were so confused. Look what they did, y'all. Verse 25. He made their chariot wheels Hard to turn. And the chariot is difficult to drive. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel. For the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. They even realized that God was fighting the battle for them, for Israel. They said, let us flee from Israel. For the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. In verse 26. And then Moses, and then, then the Lord said to Moses, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians on their war chariots and their charioteers. Verse 27, so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea 
and the sea returned to its normal flow at sunrise. And the Egyptians retreated right into it. Wow. Being met by the returning water. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and tossed them in the midst of the sea. Verse 28, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the charioteers. And all the army of Pharaoh that had gone into the sea after them, not even one of them survived. But the Israelites walked on dry land in the middle of the sea, and the waters formed a wall for them on their right hand and on their left. In verse 30, Then the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore. Their bodies had washed up on the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord with reverence and awe, filled respect. And they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. But do you think they learned anything from this? I'm not going to go into it, but if you go to chapter 15, they murmured and complained. You go to 16, they murmured and complained. Wow. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. Okay, so they got on the other side of the sea. Then they went to complaining about water. Wow. Then they got past the water. God gave them water. Then they got over you know, further in the wilderness. Then they were complaining about they ain't got nothing to eat. Even in their complaining, God still blessed them because of his mercy and his grace. And a lot of times, even, even when we complain and, and cry out to God, that God, why is this? Because of his mercy, he'll cause things to happen. But that's not his best. His best come when he see our faith. When he see that we trust him. When, we, when he see that we have confidence in his word. When, we, when he see that we have made his word our foundation in which we stand. We serve a good God. And he's not only a good God, he's a powerful God. Amen. But, 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 but I, I explain, you know, I try to explain why some things are not happening. The way it should is because of our unbelieving doubt in the word of God. But what makes our faith productive and what makes our faith strong is when we begin to act on the word of God. But I want to share uh, five components before we close that makes our faith function at full capacity. And we know, number one, outside of the five that I'm going to talk about, is love. Love is the driver of our faith. I say love is the driver of our faith. Faith, faith will not work without love. So we, we got to walk in love. We got to love people. 
We got to love even our enemies. But faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. Because we, we, we walk by sight. I mean, we, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. And when we're walking by faith, we, we, we don't really see the end from the start. But God has already seen the start and the end. But all he wants us to do is take our faith, apply it to his word, and walk the journey until we get to the end results. Amen. So we know that, 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 that faith is the most important thing that God is looking for. We can work. We can do all the good things in church on Sundays. But if we're not activating our faith when the trials and the temptations come, we won't enjoy the best of life in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying, see, that, 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 there's two kinds of unbelief. See, you got, you got the sinner out there that don't believe in God, that don't believe God's word. And that sinner will not make it into the kingdom. That sinner, if he don't repent and accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he'll, he'll go to hell. That's un because of his unbelief. Because the only thing that was sinner, that would send a sinner to hell is that never accepting Jesus Christ and never believing that he is Lord. But when it get over to the believers and the doubt and unbelief begin to operate, but we know we already have a spot in heaven because we've already accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But what will not happen when we don't walk by faith in the word of God as a believer, we'll never experience that abundant life that Jesus talked about. Yeah, you, you can be saved and go through this world for a hundred years. And if you never apply your faith, you'll live beneath your means that God has for you and still go to heaven. You can be a believer and live a poverty-stricken life. You can be a believer and live a broke life. Because your faith is not being applied to those areas. The same faith that it took for you to get saved, that same faith has to be applied for you to be healed. That same faith that it took for you to get saved, that same faith has to be applied for you to prosper. God is looking for our faith. He's not looking at the works that you're doing. God is looking for our faith. The works comes after. Because what works am I talking about? You know, over in James, they talk about be not hearers only in James, the first chapter, but be ye doers of the word. That's, that's a faith statement. I said, that's a faith statement. Be not hearers only, but be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word. What he's saying is, do the word. Act on the word. Don't just hear the word on Sundays. But what you hear and learn on Sundays, you got to go and apply. You got to become a doer. You got to act on the word. Got to act on the word of God and act like it's true. Act on the word of God and quit being blue. Amen. 
I say we got to act on the word and act like it's true. And stop act, acting uh, like it's blue. Like the word is, is not working. You got to turn your expectation up. What level of volume is your expectation? Amen. So, so, so to get to the components, the first component is, is we got to hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And let's look at Romans, the 10th chapter, in the 8th through the 10th verse in the King James Bible. But what saith it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Where is the word? The word is in our mouth and is in our heart. That is the word of faith. The word of faith. The word of faith. God's word is full of faith. The word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be saved. What do you need saving from? Do you need saving from yourself? Because that's what a lot of times get in the way is self. Thou shalt be saved. And I, I always say salvation or being saved is all inclusive. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself still a sinner? Or do you see yourself being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? How do you see yourself? Are you bold enough to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Because you don't become righteous on your own. You can't work enough to make yourself righteous before God. You can't do enough in church to make yourself righteous before God. You can't do enough in the community to make yourself righteous before God. What makes us righteous or what makes us the righteousness of God is the work that Jesus did here in his earth when he came and paid the price for our redemption. And when we believe what he did and believe on Jesus, then we become the righteousness of God. We become the righteousness. God made us righteous. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves righteous before God. Because he said, with the heart, man believeth. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See, you got to believe and you got to say. And that's why I say, be not hearers only, but be doers of the word. When he said be doers of the word, that means you got to act on the word. That means you got to begin to say something out of your mouth. Amen. See, a lot of times what we'll do, we'll pray. And then after we pray, we're not saying what the word of God say we should be doing. We're not acting on the word. We're not acting on what we believe. Because he said the, the word of God, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. After you pray, what confessions are you making? I mean, that's a question you should ask yourself. 
What, what confessions am I making? After I pray and ask God for what I desire in my heart or make my petitions known unto God. What confessions are you making? Are you confessing the word of God or are you confessing your doubt and unbelief? What's coming out of your mouth after you pray? Amen. Y'all kind of quiet here today. So the second one is you got to see it. If you can't see it, then you won't have it. After you hear the word, you got to see yourself prospering in the word. You got to see yourself having what you desire on the inside before it manifests on the outside. If you can't see it on the inside, then you won't have it on the outside. You got to see yourself. You got to first, you got, you got to see yourself in Christ Jesus. How do you see yourself in him? Are you still saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace? Or are you saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You can't be both. You can't be both. See, that's just like the children of Israel. You trying to, trying to keep yourself back in the sin state when God's saying, I've made you righteous. You're no longer guilty. Amen. So how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself in Christ? Do you see yourself as being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you see yourself being an overcomer? Do you see yourself being victorious? How do you see yourself? Do you see the things in the inside of your heart that you desire? In Ephesians 3.20, it says in Amplified, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, more than all that we dare ask or think, indefinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that, that is at work within us. You got to see your expectations come in the manifestation. I'm going to say that again. I said you got to see your expectations come in to manifestation. Yes, you got to see it. You got to see it on the inside. You got to conceive it. You got to become pregnant with that, with that word. You got to come, become pregnant with your faith in the word of God. You got to form a conception. You got to put that image on the inside of you. Amen. In Hebrews 11, 11, in the King James Bible, it said, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. How do you see yourself when you're in a trial, when you're in a temptation, when you're in a situation? Do you see yourself defeated or do you see yourself victorious? She saw herself with child even though she was way past age to have a child. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. So you got to hear it, you got to see it, you got to conceive it, and you got to say it. I say you got to say it. You got to make those confessions. In Psalm 37.4, in the Amplified Bible, it said, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? By applying your faith. By applying your faith. Not just being a hearer, but a doer. Not just being a hearer, but acting on what you heard. Amen.
So you got to hear it, you got to see it, you got to conceive it, you got to say it. And I think the last one is you got to sow it. Galatians 6, 7 in the King James Bible. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if we sow in doubt and unbelief, what we going to reap? We going to reap the benefits of doubt and unbelief. If we sow in faith in God's word, we going to reap the benefits of our faith in God's word. Amen. As a believer of God's written word, don't measure your self-worth by the currency and limited economic system of this world. As a believer, measure yourself by the written word of God and currency, which is our faith in, in his economic system in the kingdom of God. There's two economies. There's the economy of God's kingdom and there's the economy of this world. And I, and I always say that we live in two worlds. We live in the supernatural, which is the kingdom of God, and we live in this natural world. So we got to outmeasure this natural world by taking hold of our citizenship in the kingdom of God and acting on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Y'all get anything out of this today? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. So we thank God for this time that we fellowshiped in his word. And we give you honor and praise in the name of Jesus. Anybody have any anything that they would like to, to add or say? at this time.